The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 79 of the Latter-day Lives podcast. I'm Sean Rapier. And this week, my guest, Allie Gardner, is a rising star in the music world, both as a solo artist as well as with her group, BYU, uh, Noteworthy, and several collaborations she does. She is so amazing. You will absolutely love her. And this week in my Latter-day Life, I'll tell you about a single event that I attended this last week and my thoughts on it. It's all coming up, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. And today in the Latter-day Live studio, it is my privilege to have a recording star on the rise. I mean, really becoming a big star, both as a solo artist, as well as with uh, an amazing group. Allie Gardner is my guest. Allie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm super excited. Now, I'm the one who's excited. I've got so many questions for you. Uh, You are really a rising star. I mean, you're showing up everywhere. It's been really exciting to watch. But before we get into all the music stuff, let's get some background on you. Tell us a little bit about where you're from. I grew up in Bountiful, Utah. Yeah. Um, Northern Utah. Yep. Northern Utah, North Salt Lake. Um, I am the youngest of three kids, two amazing parents, and yeah, just a great family and great place to grow up. As this is a podcast and people can't see you, normally, you know, we have a lot of people my age, whose age I don't ask, but being that you're so young, are we allowed to ask your age? Of course. I'm 23 years old. 23. So bright and at such a beginning of your life. By the way, you can move the mic closer to if you want or whatever. You're welcome to move it all around, but you're good. Um, So here you are, 23 years old and like doing so many things. I've got to wonder, first of all, how you have enough time in the day, but you grew up in Bountiful. When did you know you could sing? Um, It's actually really interesting. My parents are wonderful people, but neither are singers. Um, I don't really come from like a particularly musical family. We lived in Sugar House for a little while and had this neighbor that just loved to sing. And so she would open up all the doors and windows. She was kind of a self-proclaimed opera star. But (laughs) so I would sit in my high chair and imitate her. And so I earned the nickname Opera Baby and then just watched (laughs) musical after musical. I think I burned out the VCR of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Shout out Donnie Osmond. Um, <laughs> and awesome. that's just kind of where it started is just singing all the time as a kid. And really my whole life, it's kind of been my thing. That really surprises me. And we've had a lot of musical guests on. And I would say most of them come from some type of musical family background. So you're you're on your own. You're the start of it. Yeah, my my brother can play the guitar and my sister plays the violin and things like that. But we didn't really grow up being like the Von Trapp family singers. (laughs) Nobody really is like a singer. That is awesome. So what was your, did you start out getting into more like uh, choirs or was it more theater? 
It was kind of both. I started in the Salt Lake Children's Choir mm. in Salt Lake and then just did tons of the different theater productions when I was young and lots yeah. of different plays and things like that that kind of got me into the business. So, Did you think back then, hey, I'm going to have a career in music, this is my path? I kind of wanted it to be on Broadway when I was little. Obviously, my dreams have kind of morphed and changed over the years, but I always wanted to do music. Yeah. Do you still do theater? Occasionally, yeah. I did. The last show that I did was at BYU. I did Little Women um, Mm, and got to play Beth, which was so fun. Um, And I'm hoping as soon as I graduate from BYU to get back into more theater things. Are Are you a dancer and are you comfortable with acting as well? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. That's very cool. Uh, What was the first uh, real performance you remember? Ooh, that's a good question. Or even one of the earliest. I mean, the earliest, earliest one I remember was just in my primary program. I got to sing Search, Ponder, and Pray, and you would have thought that... I was on Broadway. I was living my dreams. <laughs> Were you a, a sacrament meeting diva? Just a sacrament meeting thing that I just... That's so neat. I remember that, but Salt Lake Children's Choir. And yeah. I remember we, we got to perform in the Kurt Buster Christmas concert for the Salt Lake Children's Choir. Cool. So that was really my first like big scale performance that we did in a Bravanel Hall. And I was probably in sixth grade and it was just amazing to see all the lights and to be with Kurt. And it was kind of surreal. Awesome. Other than that, throughout your high school years, did you, um, did you spend time doing anything bigger, like with, with actual concerts or was it more just school type stuff? Yeah. So when I was in high school, I kind of developed my passion for songwriting. And Ah. so that's when I started I, my brother left on his mission, and he told me not to touch his guitar. And, of course, I <laughs> adopted his guitar and taught myself to play the guitar and started recording music and um, started performing in more local venues, cafes, and did the North Salt Lake concert series a couple times. And it was just, just fun things like that that were other than school, but um, that's kind of where that passion began. Are you still writing? You're still writing your own music mm-hmm. now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I started to ask that as a question, but I already knew that. So um, what do you what do you love to write about? Do you have central themes that you like to write about? Yeah, just so when I was in high school and really continuing on now, instead of writing a journal, I'd just write a song a day. Yeah. Now it's too busy to write a song a day, but a song a day for a while. For a little while in That's high school. It was it, that was my journal. But um now I really like to focus more on the gospel, like yeah. just how the gospel plays in my life and about the Savior and awesome. more gospel-centered music. So one of the things that I thought was just so darn, uh, forgive the word adorable, but it was adorable. I was looking through your Facebook music page and I saw you said this was the first song I ever recorded. And I don't know if you know which song I'm talking about, but it was about... Kissing a boy. What's the, <laughs> Kiss tell us me about in that the rain. Song. I was Kiss me in the rain. I was 16 years old and That's a very was, dramatic. Oh, it was so I was all about that drama. <laughs> <laughs> Kiss me in the rain it was called. It was the first 
um, music video I ever did. I had learned to play the guitar like two months earlier. So you can hear kind of like the twangy twang of the oh, guitar in it. there. But yeah, that was my my first thing. The The funny thing about that song is I've all of growing up and even to now, I, I've been an aide for individuals with disabilities. Um, oh, wow. And... My very best friend, his name is BJ. He has mm. Down syndrome and he's just the best. But BJ would play that song on repeat. He knows <laughs> every word. And so while maybe not my best song, Pretty Twangy, I leave it up there because I don't have the heart to take it out of BJ's hands. He just sings it over and over and over again. And I recorded that when I was 16 years old and he still just loves it. So how fun is BJ the one who's focused? Uh, he's been in, has he been some of your videos? Yeah. BJ has yeah. been in several different things that I post occasionally and he's just, he's my inspiration. How for did you meet music. BJ? Um, so it was kind of interesting. BJ, I was helping out with a group that did musical theater for mm. special needs and, um, I just hit it off with BJ at one of the practices that we had. And so his mom asked me if I would work as a personal aide for him. Yeah. And so BJ and I have been inseparable since the day we met. And he's just, he's just my inspiration. Yeah. It was really cool. BJ has been really fundamental in kind of the morphing and shifting of my career because I was all broadway centered i was broadway or bust and then in high school um i was set to be ariel in the little mermaid and i would have to quit working with bj uh, in order to fulfill my rehearsal time for that and i just i couldn't i bj and i would sing together and it was amazing to see how his speech improved as he was singing and and it I just realized that I could use my music for so much more than standing on a stage and saying, look at me, I can sing pretty and be a part. It was just like all the lights went on and I said, no, like my talents are to bless people. And so I actually walked into my director's office and said, I'm really sorry. I can't, I can't do this role. I have to, I have to be with BJ. I have to sing with BJ. And so from then on, it kind of was less of a Broadway focus mm -hmm. and less of a about me thing and more of, okay, what songs can I record? What can I write? What can I do that will bless people with my music, not impress people? That is such perspective for somebody even younger when you were younger but even at your just at your age now, I mean, right now, I would say especially it's unique. This is going to make me sound like so old, like a big old grandpa. But <laughs> for your generation, uh, <laughs> because, you know, right now, I mean, one of the knocks on your generation is it's the selfie generation. It's the Instagram. It's the all about what makes me look my best and everything else. And I think that the gospel has really nice grounding in that way. Absolutely. I also, you know, we have um, some kids with special needs and we have uh, we've done a fair amount of work with people with special needs. I find music is such a bridge. 
It's amazing. It's, it's a bridge between people with special needs. And we're going to talk about other languages in a minute, because that's another big thing in your life. <laughs> but people who don't speak the same language can love music together. I mean, do you find that music is more of a universal language? Oh, absolutely. You, you can... Uh, an experience I had, I was studying at the Jerusalem Center, and um, I loved to go up to the garden tomb every every day, really. And I was just standing at the tomb, and I just had to sing. And so I started singing, I know that my Redeemer lives in the garden. And there were people from everywhere around the world, and uh, just a big group of people from all over the place. There were people from Brazil and from China and just all over the place. And they asked me to keep singing. And so I sang How Great Thou Art because that's a very commonly known Mm. hymn. And I was singing and the Brazilians were singing and the Chinese were singing. And it was just like, I had no idea what they were saying. I don't speak Chinese, but all of us were celebrating the Savior together. And it, it didn't matter that we couldn't communicate yeah. with language. It, we were communicating through that music. So that's, oh, it's totally an incredible a experience. Bridge. Incredible. Um, how long did you live in Jerusalem? Four months. Four months. What was that? Uh, what was that experience like? It was surreal. I studied at the BYU Jerusalem Center for Ancient and Eastern Studies, and um, we were just studying. The Bible pretty intensively, the history, the culture. We even had modern classes in the history of Israel and the history of Palestine and um, went to all of the the sites in Egypt and Jordan and all over Israel. And it was just amazing to walk where the Savior walked and um, just to really start to understand the language and culture of ancient Israel. I just... It was probably the first time that I really loved school. Oh wow! Um, which was a really cool light switch that was like, oh, this is this is going to be a big deal in my life as well. So that's awesome. Uh, did you, other than that experience, were you able to share your musical gifts at all? Otherwise, in Jerusalem, yes. So I actually made really good friends with a lot of the nuns and priests at the cathedrals everywhere. And so as soon as I'd arrive at a cathedral, they'd be like, oh, it's the girl that sings. And they'd have me <laughs> sing for, for all the people. My favorite place to sing in the whole world, I would give anything to sing there every day of my life, is St. Anne's Cathedral at the Pool of Bethesda. Hmm. It's, it has phenomenal acoustics. And the acoustics are just amazing, huh? Yeah. And so were you mostly sing. singing hymns when you were there? Yeah. I mean, you have to be careful about what you can share about the church just because of yeah. the agreement that the Jerusalem Center and the church have with Israel. So no restoration hymns, but general yeah. Christian-themed hymns are are totally free game. Did they know Israel. that you were a member of the church? Were they aware of, probably of who you not. were or probably not? They, they knew. When they asked me who I was, um, obviously I was very open with my belief in in Christ and they knew that I was studying at the center. So to a certain degree they knew, but they knew that I was, that I was a recording artist from the United States that just loved to sing and loved to share my testimony of the savior through music. So that is awesome. Awesome. Well, we, we jumped ahead a little bit, but I, cause I had wanted to get to Jerusalem anyway. Um, But let's go back to, to high school because you finish up high school, you're doing all this, 
theater and working with such a special young man and doing all these things in your life. And then high school graduation comes around, which is always that kind of big moment, you know, kind of that now where. What was Mm -hmm. your next step after high school? So really about halfway through my senior year, I realized that I wasn't going to just take a break between high school and college and just have a a fun summer. I just... I really wanted to just dive into the next portion of my life, which I feel like is a common theme. I just, I don't really like to just not do anything. Yeah, you don't seem to take a lot of breaks. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually graduated and then um, started school about a week later at BYU. No uh, kidding. dove into summer semester of BYU and just got started. Jumped right um, in. Jumped right in. Are you still at BYU? Yeah, I'm about to graduate. What are you graduating in? So funny story. After the Jerusalem Center, I realized that I was super passionate about biblical Hebrew and ancient Near Eastern studies. So I've been in that program for about two years. That is so amazing to studying. me. studying. But as soon as my music career, just, just barely recently, my music career has kind of just exploded. And I realized that I really needed that business background in order to be able to function as an artist. And so very recently, I've had to say, you know what, I need to finish school. And so I am now doing general studies in management, Mm. just so that I can focus full time on spreading music and things like that. So I have been studying ancient Near Eastern studies for about two years, but I'm graduating a semester early in, in general studies and management to have that business background. Yeah. And you also have a great love of Spanish. I do. Where did that come from? Um, I served a mission. The Probably one of the best days of my life was the day that President Monson made the announcement of the age change for missionaries. Mm. Um, I decided that I was going to serve a mission when I was 14. And I was mission or bust. <laughs> that no was matter it. what. I'm it's happening. going on a mission. <laughs> and um, so the day that he announced that... I would be able to go sooner. I was uh, 17 at the time, and um, I made a countdown. I counted down 502 days um, <laughs> I until it. I received my mission call. And um, I served in the Mexico Cancun mission, oh, which wow. was absolutely incredible. Everybody always says, that's not a mission, that's a vacation. But- that is such a horrible... Can we just stop for a minute? Can I say what a horrible thing that is? My parents served on the big island in Hawaii, and I don't mean to cut you off, but people would say that to me. they go, oh, your parents are on a vacation. And then we went and visited them. And when I met the humble people they worked with, oh, yeah. and they were not near the beach, there's a whole city that the tourists don't see. And when I see the work they put in, I actually find it offensive. And for our listeners, don't say that. Don't say that. It's not a vacation. It's it's a true mission. We've been to Cancun a few times. Funny enough, just two nights ago, I booked another trip to Cancun for August. So my wife and I are going for our 25th anniversary. We'll be down in Cancun again. But I love it there. But tell us what you love about Cancun and tell us about the Cancun mission. The Cancun mission is... The best of everything wonderful about a mission. Um, You have, it covers two different states. It's the state of Yucatan and the state of Quintana Roo. And so you have that amazing Mayan village kind of feel in Yucatan. And I had the 
privilege of serving in Tisimin, Yucatan. And um, it's this, this tiny little town in kind of the middle of the peninsula. And the people are just amazing. They wear their traditional clothing. They speak the Mayan language. Um, and they're just, these people have hearts of gold. And then you have um, Quintana Roo, which is where Cancun and Playa del Carmen and, and all of those touristy places are in. And I served in Cancun, um, in kind of in the ghetto-y, kind of scary area, um, as well as kind of the more rough area of Playa del Carmen. And so you get people from Mexico City, you get people from from really all over the world that go there to work in these resorts. And so you get this melting pot of cultures and people and um, languages. And it was really funny. I remember teaching... Um, one of our investigators was named Angelo and he was from Italy. Um, but my companion and I didn't speak Italian and he didn't really speak English, but kind of, and my companion didn't speak English at all, but I had been out for just a couple of months and I didn't really speak Spanish. (laughs) And so all of us are trying to communicate and, but it was just this amazing, like, multicultural experience but in the mission you i slept in a hammock my entire mission Um, you slept in a hammock your whole mission i did i slept in a hammock my whole mission and we we just had these cute little apartments and cute little places they um but do you look back and miss ever do you ever miss sleeping in a hammock or are you just glad it's done you know it was great but (laughs) i would prefer to not sleep in a hammock for an extended amount of time ever again (laughs) and so while you were there you clearly learned some mayan i did i because i was out in the middle of nowhere for nine months i I really felt like it was important for the people that I was teaching to really get to know their culture and their their way of life. I mean, teaching them the gospel is teaching them a whole new culture. It's a whole new language. Yeah. And so I felt like it was really important for them to know that I wasn't just some girl from the United States coming to press on my both religious and right. culture on them. And so I would... Everywhere I went, I would talk to these people in the street and say, hey, will you teach me how to say this in Mayan? Will you teach me how to say this? Will you, you know, and um, there aren't very many books about learning Mayan, but a couple of the members of the church realized that I really liked to learn languages. And so um, they gave me this Mayan language learning book and I, I learned quite a bit while I was there. So I did not realize people still spoke Mayan. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that was still a thing. That There's a whole ward that is a Mayan ward in, in my mission. The Waima area is... That is amazing. They, all of the church services, all of the hymns, everything is... There's even a Mayan Book of Mormon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you... So, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the Mayan language because it comes up in a major way in your life here yes, in a bit. this is true. But uh, you get home from your mission. You came back home and went right back to BYU. Yes. Yeah. During my mission, I went to BYU again and then studied at the Jerusalem Center yeah. um, about six months after getting home. How long have you been home from your mission? Then? I've been home for three years. Yeah. That's <laughs> By the way, three years is nothing. You get to my age, three years is really nothing at all. Yeah. But in your age, for sure. That's mm-hmm. exciting. And then uh, we're going to talk about some specific projects. 
But before we do, because I can't hold it in any longer, we have to talk about the biggest thing happening in your life, that uh, kind of major momentum change just a few weeks ago. Tell us what's happening. Well, I think you're referring to my recent engagement. Absolutely I am, am. I am getting married to the love of my life. Uh, <laughs> Zach is the best thing that has ever happened to me. He is just, he's just perfect for me. How you did know? you meet Zach? Just at BYU. And then we just, we just hit it off and started going on dates and um, got to be really close friends. And it just, you know, just felt right. We just, would laugh until we cried and talk until 4 a.m. on accident multiple times. And it just, we're just kind of the same speed. We just kind of get each other. And so great. He's just such a good man. That's wonderful. Is he a singer? He's, he can sing. That's not his focus. He's actually a cellist. Mm. Um, He's in millennial choirs and orchestras. Wow. So real music. He's he's a great cellist. And so he has that appreciation of music and. He's studying economics at BYU. and Awesome. He's just a great man. And I bring it up because we had talked about connecting before to do this interview, and then you were flying back to meet his family. Yep. And then all of a sudden on your Facebook page, the most adorable pictures. I mean, you guys <laughs> could not be cuter together, so that's why I bring it up. I just, I love you. Yep, love. he is from awesome. Rapid City, South Dakota. That's awesome. And he's an amazing cool. family. When uh, when are you guys getting married? April twenty seventh. Incredible! Oh, Ali, I'm so happy for you. It's uh, it goes by fast once you get married. It's pretty cool. So, um, and where are you getting married? The Salt Lake Temple. Oh, incredible! Doesn't get better than that. Well, that is awesome. You've got so much good happening in your life. A few things specifically I want to talk about. You seem to really like partnering with other musicians and other people. We do. Um, You started doing a lot of firesides now, too. Yes. Have those mostly been musical firesides, or are you speaking, or both? Both. So I actually have another one this week for an awesome youth group in Highland. We're really excited about that. I partner with my friend Tanner Hutchins who mm. was recently, well, I guess it's been a couple of years now, but he was converted by the Book of Mormon musical. Yeah, um, and so his now story we, is incredible. This is amazing. It's awesome. Um, but now we do a lot of firesides together. I do them by myself as well, but we're kind of a, a team that way. He'll share his conversion story, and then I'll talk about whatever needs to be talked about. Uh, I let the youth group kind of pick um, the topic so and just share stories from my life and my experiences and sing. And it's a great experience. I love, love, love doing firesides. So in an effort to not have any free time whatsoever, <laughs> you also are seemingly involved all the time with BYU Noteworthy. Yes. that. Tell us about Noteworthy. Noteworthy is so much fun. It's it's singing with nine it's there's nine nine members of the group and so i'm with eight of my best friends all the time and we go on tour and we do lots of recordings we actually had a concert last night which was such a smashing success it was just such a good good evening um i was with them just a couple hours ago we were recording a song that we're going to be releasing really soon it's a really really special one um that i'm super super excited about but we we have a great time together and we went on tour to Texas earlier this year and um, you just guys a lot of fun. A lot, yeah, a we lot. do. We, we spend a lot of time performing and recording and yeah. it's a, 
It's a job all its own. <laughs> it's, is Noteworthy primarily a cappella or no? It's all. It's completely a cappella. It's completely a cappella. Yeah, we had, um, it's funny, we had Shane and Heather Taylor from uh, Eclipse 6 mm-hmm. in here uh, a few weeks ago. And we were laughing about the name Eclipse 6, how it doesn't work for an a cappella group because there's not a play on words with a musical name. <laughs> Noteworthy is great. It, like it fits right into that. <laughs> it category fits right into of, the category of vocal point, two, voice yes, line. Yes, you know, it's perfect right in there. So noteworthy. How long have you been in Noteworthy? This is my second year. It's so fun, and it's just nine of you. Yep, just nine of us. But boy, you guys perform all the time. We do. Yeah, it's, it's busy. It's busy. Yeah, it it's seems exhausting. like you're just constantly singing. One of the, but then again with the solo stuff. You've had a chance to sing uh, a few times for BYU events. Yeah. And uh, recently, kind of an exciting thing at the end with uh, with the prophet. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I, I sang the national anthem um, a couple of weeks ago at the men's basketball game. And it was really interesting because I've, I've sung the national anthem at BYU events tons of times. And yeah. so it's just kind of business as usual. And um, I was just expecting just a normal national anthem and i was just waiting in the tunnel uh to go out onto the floor and in drives this black suv and out hops and i use the word hops <laughs> intentionally out hops our wonderful dear prophet i love that um president nelson <laughs> and just with the biggest beaming smile on his face and and it was just so awesome to be able to to perform the national anthem for knowing the prophet prophet is right there yeah that's incredible it was a really cool experience do you get nervous do you get intimidated or not anymore that time i really did yeah (laughs) i don't often get nervous anymore but you know singing for the singing for the prophet is you know you just you just want to sing it the best you possibly can for him you got tens of thousands of fans in the stands you're on television but I think it says a lot about, because uh, I would have felt the same way, I think it says a lot about the stature of the prophet that you really just, oh my gosh, here's the prophet of God, the chosen mouthpiece on the earth, and now I'm going to sing. And the National <laughs> Anthem is not an easy song. No, it is not. I mean, there is, you can go to YouTube and type bad National Anthem, and for hours you can watch people butcher <laughs> that song. I hate to say it because it's a little bit entertaining, however... Uh, but yeah, that's what an amazing experience. Another thing that got you a lot of notoriety, and we kind of alluded to it earlier, was uh, singing uh, I Am a Child of God in Mayan. Yes. Tell me about that experience. Um, I went back to visit my mission uh, a year after I got home and just took little videos of my converts and the people that I met and the places that I served and just wanted to make kind of a tribute to all of my mission companions and friends. And so I had learned to sing I Am a Child of God in Mayan and recorded it when I got home from my mission and just made this little video. wasn't expecting anything huge out of it, was not planning on it exploding like it did, but um, just uploaded it and it went viral immediately. Yeah. It was, it was like overnight. It was just getting thousands of thousands of views and then getting, you know, picked up by the Spanish versions of Mormon.org and um, well, MormonSood.org and um, even the state of Campeche, Mexico shared oh. 
the video, which was, no it was just kidding. crazy. It was wow. overnight thousands and thousands of thousands of shares. And so that's kind of what started my my music career again, because I had, after my mission, I had kind of thought, well, maybe I won't, maybe yeah. I won't pursue music as much as I did before. I don't really know what I'm doing, but that was kind of Heavenly Father's way of saying, um, you're doing yeah. music. Like, yeah. there's, like, sorry, you're doing this. It's cute that you think this. you get to choose what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got plans for you, Allie I have Gardner. plans for you, so. I have got plans do for this. you. That's awesome. Well, it got picked up everywhere. I mean, it was really, really a yeah. big deal. And I think part of it is, you know, the theme, one of the themes of the gospel is that no one's forgotten. Mm-hmm. No one's left behind. And when... You know, we see a lot in Spanish, a lot in Portuguese. We see a lot in Chinese, whatever. We don't see a lot in Mayan. It was the first song um, in of our hymn book ever to be recorded in the Mayan language. Wow. And we will share uh, that video on our Facebook page for our listeners. You'll be able to find it there later this week. I, I just think that is awesome. And then another really cool project. Tell us about uh, Covenant Women. That was one of the most amazing projects to work on. Um, we're doing a Colleen Solomon is she's actually on a mission in Africa right now, but from Africa, we're doing this project on the untold stories of the women of the Book of Mormon, and so she's writing all of this, all of these songs. Mm. Um, we're about to record another one of Alma the Younger's mom and her feelings about things. But Covenant Women is about the mothers of the stripling warriors and what they're feeling and what they would be telling their sons. Um, you can find the music on on my Facebook page, Allie Gardner Music, or on YouTube. And that's A-L-L-I-E, so that yeah. we're clear, Allie Gardner Music on uh-huh. Facebook. Or on my website, AllieGardnerMusic.com, that's, it's on there. But it was just an amazing, kind of electrifying experience yeah. to be in the studio um, I heard the song, Daniel Bloomberg was the one that kind of arranged it and Paul Pulsifer did the music. And so I was in the studio and I could just really feel the spirit of those women as I was singing mm. it. And there's this one part of the song that is just talking about how the mothers would pray for their sons. And I remember one time my mom telling me, after I'd graduated high school and moved out of the house and everything, that sometimes when I was in high school, she would go into my bedroom at night while I was sleeping and kneel by my bedside and pray for me Mm. next to my bedside. And um, as I was singing the song, I was just kind of imagining my mom, um, my own covenant woman in my life that um, did that for me and how I just yearn for the days that I can do the same thing for my children. And, um, I know that there are so many moms out there, moms of missionaries, moms of every walks of life that are just praying for their kids. And so it's a really neat, neat project. It's a very moving, uh, piece and everything about it is very touching. And there is that about worrying about their sons and Mm -hmm. praying for them and the faith and I love that these these thoughts are being put out there because it's not necessarily part of the story, but you know it is. Yeah. Like these these other parts, and I, I just love that we live in an age now where we can share these types of things online, and it's just incredible. Well, Allie, I could not be more impressed with you. I just, I'm tired. Just, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> just hearing all the things you're doing. 
<laughs> out of fairness, I was probably going to take a nap anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but I think it's just phenomenal and really exciting. And what a great point in your life. Is there any, are there any other projects you wanted to promote? I think we've covered at least everything I could see. But yeah. If there's anything else you um, want to... There's a couple other things that I've been yeah. working on lately that have been super awesome. Um, GLR Productions is doing a new musical about the love story of Joseph and Mary. And so I've been involved in recording. Uh. Um, they're about to release the first song on Spotify and iTunes, but I was privileged to be Mary in one of those songs as well as record all of the female choir parts. And awesome. I've been designing their website and things What's like that, that as well. What's that song called? Um, Hosanna's of Praise. Hosanna's of Praise. The name, okay. but Blessings in Time is the new musical. Mm. Um, and that'll be launching shortly, which has been super, super just amazing to be a part of. How exciting. And I'm recording an album this year that's it's kind of a project. I have no idea when in the world we're going to release it, but um, recording that album as well as starting to beef up my YouTube channel with more videos in the Spanish language. I recognize that there are not that many songs uh, yeah. available for a Spanish audience of in the LDS sphere. So doing a lot more of that as well. How exciting. Ah, I can't wait to follow it all. And one of the things that our audience knows is that any past guests, as they release things, we always share it on Facebook. So we'll we'll keep following you, our audience will, and, and just so exciting. We're going to wrap up uh, with something a little bit different than we normally do. We've done this five or six times only, but normally I ask all of our guests at the end, uh, what does being a member of the church mean to you? A couple of times, I've I've kind of given people the option if they prefer instead of answering that to sing something Brie Ray sang for us which she is such a beautiful voice we've had a few other people have chosen to sing if you feel like singing something we'd love to hear it if not we totally get it and we'll we'll go listen to you elsewhere and you can just tell us what being a member of the church means to you I didn't prepare you for this in advance so whatever you feel like I can do both oh see now that <laughs> I wasn't even going to ask well, why don't you tell us what being a member of the church means to you, and then we'd love to hear a little bit of, of your beautiful voice. Um, I think it is a privilege to be a member of the Lord's Restored Church. Um, as I walked throughout Jerusalem, and really as I've walked throughout my life, I've just noticed a difference in the level of happiness and satisfaction I can find in knowing that while I'm totally imperfect and struggling every day, I am in the right path and I'm following the Savior. Um, I feel like my church membership is just the least I can do to show my mm. devotion to the Lord. Um, the way I keep my covenants, the way I share the gospel with my friends— um, really my membership in the church is, it's who I am inside on the outside. Oh, I love it's, that. It's what my home was. I grew up in an amazing Christ-centered home with parents that loved each other and loved the Lord. And I remember coming home from school and seeing my dad studying his scriptures and my mom doing the same thing while we are a completely imperfect family. 
um, just seeing the way my parents just recently returned home from serving as mission presidents and seeing the way that they mm. interact with their missionaries, which are now my siblings, <laughs> 400 <laughs> extra siblings. But my membership in the church means everything to me because it's it's not just being a member of a cool club. It's discipleship. And awesome. it's being able to love the Savior inside and out. So. Gosh, that is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And now what, what would you like to sing for us? I totally, by the way, for our audience, I did not prepare Allie for this in any way, shape, or form. This is just me being selfish. <laughs> I'm going to sing Where Can I Turn for Peace in mm. Spanish. Um, I'm sure there's somebody out there that could use this message. Um, and I guess it's just an illustration that it doesn't matter what language you hear this in. It's all about the Savior and the Spirit that you feel through it. So. Awesome. Donde hay el sol Donde el alivio Cuando mi llanto nadie puede calmar Cuando muy triste estoy Phenomenal. Songwriter, singer, performer, actor, and bride-to-be. <laughs> what a blessed life. Allie Gardner, thank you so much Thanks for sharing so your Latter-day Life with me. us. We appreciate it. And my special thanks to my guest, Allie Gardner. What an amazing spirit she has. She is such a talented singer and just such a beautiful person. I, I so appreciate all that she's doing to make the world a better place. Allie, thank you so much. Uh, this week in my Latter-day life, it was a busy week. I was actually out in Minneapolis for a few days on business. And then on Friday, I flew out to Phoenix, Arizona. And boy, let me just first of all say, going from Minneapolis in February to Phoenix, that's a nice change anytime. Uh, but I flew out because... My friend Lee Draper, uh, who I got to know while he was on his mission, 
and I was 16 years old. We became friends uh, as he served in our ward. We've stayed in touch over Facebook. Uh, Lee actually is very involved with the mid-singles group. This is singles. I think it's over the age of 30, I want to say, and uh, they do different activities, and they have this huge conference that they do, and it was this past week, and there are all kinds of things. They have speakers come in, and they have they all go hiking, and there's a dinner. Well, Friday night was the big dinner and dance, and they actually flew me in to be their entertainment, and I got to stand up and tell jokes uh, for an hour, and oh my gosh, I cannot tell you how fun it was. I got to see Lee for the first time in many years, which was great. I got to see an old friend, Tamara, which was so much fun to uh, catch up with her. And then the rest of the group, I didn't know, but I was made to feel so welcome. And it was so fun. There were people there in their young 30s and people there in their 50s and 60s, and and everyone was just having a good time. I got to sit at a table before the show started and got to talk to six new friends. And I just love what the church does, how we all instantly have some things in common. And we struck up conversation very naturally, and I got to meet six of just the nicest people I've ever met. And then when I got on stage, the support from the crowd was incredible. And at the end, he gave me a, I don't know that it was deserved, but a nice standing ovation. And then I got to spend a lot of time taking pictures with people, and it was just a fun, fun night. And as I left and have now been home, uh, I, I kind of thought to myself how grateful I am that there's just kind of all these things that happen within the church. You know, I'm grateful for my mission and that I got to spend time, uh, you know, last week we had Brian Gibson on, that I get to sp- that got to spend time making friends there. And I was thankful for our young single adult ward, which is where I met my wife and my best friend. And I'm thankful for my family ward. But then all these other events, as we've had guests who have come in, they've talked about how uh, they're part of a uh, Polynesian ward or they'll they'll be part of a Spanish-speaking ward. I've shared about going to wards where, um, you know, where they speak English in Asia so that I could understand. And here, while this was not specifically a ward, it's a group now. They've changed things uh, the way they do it a little bit. To have this huge group, it was a several hundred um, mid-single members of the church, all with different stories, and yet there they were celebrating together And I was just so excited. I would never get to go to something like that. I don't qualify for the mid-singles group. And I, you know, I just didn't. It's not been a part of my life. But I was so touched to see how we really are single in purpose, all of us. And I can walk into any church, anywhere, or any activity. This wasn't even at a church. It was across from the beautiful Gilbert Temple at a school. And I can walk in anywhere where there are members of the church and there's a safe place for me to be. And uh, even though it was just for fun, gosh, the spirit that was there was just incredible. And I just, I was overwhelmed. And I just left feeling so grateful to be a member of this incredible organization on top of the spiritual benefits that it reaps. And that's what's happening this week in my Latter-day life. Thank you again so much for tuning in. We always appreciate it. If you know someone who would enjoy the show, we'd really Really thank, be uh, thankful if you'd share this with them. This past week, 
Uh, we had a, a listener, someone I don't know, who shared on her Facebook page. She shared the show and just said, hey, here's my favorite podcast, which thank you so much. That was so kind of you to do that. Uh, but we, we keep on growing and, and we, it's because of listeners like you. So we just really appreciate it. And so until next week, when we'll have another fantastic show for you, please remember, as always, there is a great big beautiful world out there. So go be in it, just not of it. Thanks for listening. Thank you.